You have found the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a Mike podcast, looking at mental health through a pop culture lens. All right, welcome. This is John, the Redhead Family Therapy Guy. And a Mike. And we're here with another podcast. Dude, this is a this is a movie I've watched so many times. My uh my wife loves the Count of Monte Cristo. When I told her, she's like, Oh, let's watch it. <laughs> she was so excited. <laughs> we have the DVD. So we like popped in the DVD. I, I've seen it so many times. I think my wife might be a little sweet on uh Jim. Jim C. <laughs> I don't know how to say his last name, Cazavelli or whatever. I don't know. How to say I don't know either. <laughs> did you I didn't re- I told my wife, I was like, sweetie, did you remember remember that that Henry Cavill is the son? She's like, What? I was like, Superman, Superman's the son. She's like, no, that's not him. I'm like, sweetie. Yes, it is. He was like probably 17 or 18 or 19. I'm like, and she's yeah, like, he no. looks so young in it. Yeah, he, he looks like he's like 15. <laughs> and he plays, <laughs> I, I think he is 15 or he's turning. Yeah, 15 turning 16. 16, yeah, it. right. But he's like actually 19. I think my wife looked it up. She, he was 19 in 2002 or whatever year. Crazy. Or that's the year it came out. I don't know if they filmed that year, but <clears throat> but yeah, he's like a little boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> crazy because he's like <laughs> this handsome hunk of a man now dude he's a beautiful man him and uh him and the guy what's his name that plays uh clark kent in smallville uh, oh yeah i don't know his name dude both of those guys are beautiful men i hate to say it, but they are good looking fellas i mean i mean just straight out of heaven i mean they are just handsome guys or superman yeah, well, yeah, I'm Superman, you know, so gotta be decent looking. <laughs> so what uh so what hit you from the Count of Monte Cristo? I think it was your idea to do it. Um I hadn't really been thinking about it. Was there anything in particular that was uh it, you were threatened to talk about it or or um what did you was your takeaways? I, oh, I don't scene. know. I usually just give a list of movies and then go with whatever you choose is usually my thought process with movies. So I don't know that I really had a, a motive here besides it was just in the list. I, you know, I, I enjoy Count of Monte Cristo. I, I, I think it's really interesting um, to me, like it's kind of heartbreaking to me oh, yeah. how deep it is in a- he goes to the revenge and, and and how blind he is to what he has right in front of him you know it's just an interesting thing how for me it's interesting because you have his friend i can't remember his friend's name ferdinand yeah ferdinand so you have fernand that really kind of has this revenge motive also to where well, he wants revenge because he feels that he you know that that uh count what is the count's name i'm not gonna be able to remember uh, any other edmund. names edmund, edmund the main character. <laughs> he feels edmund you know really has taken what's his and so I, I out of this would... revenge motive he uh you know he really takes it out on edmund and, and well i wouldn't and, and i wouldn't call edmund, that i wouldn't call that revenge i would call that resentment I think sure. he was, I sure. think, I think he was, I think it's, I think this movie absolutely encapsulates how destructive and pervasive and dare I say evil resentment is, you know, that you could have a friend 
and uh, be so deeply betraying um, because, you know, he says it, you know, because I should never want to be, you know, I, I shouldn't want to be you. I'm doing this because I shouldn't want to be you, which I suppose, you know, you could call revenge as well. But um, but a revenge that's out of resentment, which I mean, I mean, I guess that's where revenge comes from, right? It, it births out of resentment. And so, yeah, it's, it's so sad. It's so sad. It's just to me, there's so much loss, dude. There's just so much loss in this movie. And you can see how destructive resentment is, even though we're kind of, you know, a fan of the Count of Monte Cristo of Edmund. You know, we feel justified in him. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah. And so, yeah, if we want to call it resentment, that's fine. And, and even the resentment of Edmond to all of these people that he felt betrayed him. Um, you know, the resentment that's pervasive throughout this movie on both sides, it's just amazing. Like it destroys everything. So mm -hmm. we have his friend um, who, who has this resentment towards Edmond that, uh, you know, he does these things, which just tears them apart. You know, mm -hmm. he doesn't, he doesn't get any better. He ends well, up just Edmund, cheating on his wife constantly. He's killing people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care about his son, who he thinks is his son, right? He thinks right. this is his son. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't care about his son. And then you have Edmund with all of this resentment to where it consumes his life to the point where, uh, you know, he's he's got all of these miracles that have happened to where he's become educated he has a fortune. He has, you know, her that that would leave with him if he just admit that he's headman, and even has a son that he doesn't know about. But he's he's blind to all of that, and, yeah, and it just like shows so so how crazy uh, resentment can really be in someone's yeah. life. I feel like the movie really gives him a pass too. It's a really, it's like he gets his cake and gets to eat it too, right? Like he really gets revenge. But then, like at that last scene, like right before he's like, um, you know, like when he discovers his son and he kind of is is ready to let guy go, guy Pearson go, Fernand go. Like in that moment, he like got religion or whatever, and realized, you know, but but then still gets to still gets to exacts exact revenge yeah, and guy comes back because question he's i lost have everything because got ferdinand's lost everything i really wanted to look up and i didn't how the book ends compared to oh, the movie I no um, i've never read the book it is long um and oh, i've heard like like the like the les miseras at the same author is that what you were saying no, I don't think it's the same author. Oh, okay. I guess God. it could be. I'm not sure. Um, I don't think it is, but but it's a long book. And I've heard people say that, you know, it's it's good. It it's I guess the middle part kind of draws on, but I wonder if the book ends the same way as the movie, mm -hmm. right? Where he kind of sure. like you're saying in the movie, he gets <laughs> he kind of gets the benefit, which I in my experience in therapy, it never works out. Where no, <laughs> whereas you no, follow that no path. Revenge, yeah, revenge <laughs> destroys everything. It totally cankers your soul. It, you're just in a constant state of misery, which is what we see. You know, he's he is so miserable. You know what I mean? He's so ridden with loss. the the scene that the scene that hit me a little bit harder this time, um, when he visits um, the guy that owned the dock, the shipping company that gave him the captain's promotion, mm -hmm. um, 
when he said, you know, his that that when he doesn't know it's Edmond and he tells him that his father committed suicide. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> like I could see how that would just turn your seething rage of, you know, the 12 years that you spent in hell, uh, you know, in uh, Chateau Deef, is that what it was? I can't remember. Yeah, Chateau Deef. You know, and you get out through this just miraculous, you know, inspired moment you know, and claw your way out. I mean, there's a wonderful metaphor there, right? Of, of dissension into darkness, into water and, and then, you know, commits murder in that, you know, that space to, to get freedom, you know, but you don't, you, you know, it's, it's just so interesting how movies will help you feel justified in the characters doing things. Cause you know, like the, the head guy of the jail, you know, whips him every year. So you're like, this guy's awful. So he deserves to die anyway. But well, you know, it's really yeah, it was dark, interesting. You know? It's interesting to me because I, 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 I mean, he, he just killed him, I guess, because he was mad at him. I think it was about survival. Him. I think it was just about but, survival. I mean, he could have just left like the guy. <laughs> The yeah, guy maybe. was climbing up the rock, like <laughs> yeah. I, maybe it was kept like swimming away. maybe it was just like I got like to just cloud the whole thing, or yeah, maybe it was just uh, seething resentment. I always thought that was an interesting years. part of the movie, though, because he's so innocent, and then he he, he really becomes so hardened by this experience, right? But mm-hmm. he he becomes kind of enlightened to some degree, but he's still hardened. Well, that's what and, and then descending he, into darkness does, right? Descending yeah, and then into he, darkness will enlighten you. Sure, and then he escapes, and and he he has this freedom. And once again, I think they're making the point: he's he is absorbed by the resentment. He yeah. can't do anything beyond act on that, and that's mm-hmm. why I think he kills the guard or the what is he called the head, the head of yeah. the jail or whatever. Yeah, it is. The, yeah, he kills him when he He's did, I don't Robin even know Hood. if he saw that he was there. He was climbing up the rock and he yeah. <laughs> the actor him. the actor was from Robin Hood. Why a spoon, cousin? Why not an axe or or a dagger from the old Robin Hood? Because he's asking yeah. uh, uh Snape. It's funny, I keep really can't remember anybody's name. I remember the other characters asking Snape, but uh why he said i'm gonna cut off your heart with a spoon well and it's funny you bring up snape because his uh prison partner is albert uh, albus dumbledore i know right <laughs> yeah dude it's hilarious i'm like dude's getting trained by dumbledore like i know I'm like yeah it's dumbledore from the first two movies and jack was like oh that's so cool isn't he dead i was like yeah i think he passed away yeah he did pass away jack jack's head exploded during the movie it was so funny like when jack realized you know how he had been betrayed and and then when when he was instituting his plot like jack's like oh my gosh he's totally ruining them holy crap that's awesome yeah it's pretty (laughs) crazy it's really so well thought out and you know kind of justified because these guys are you know they murdered their fathers they made a pact to murder their fathers so they could be rid of them and have their inheritances and well and it's interesting to me because he you see him um, in this movie. He only he only hurts to exact right that that revenge or that resentment, and and he has the opportunity when he's when he's washed up on shore to kill. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a temper. What is his name? Right? The Yako. His, is it Yako? Yako. Yako. 
Yakov. I he has love an opportunity that to kill him dude. to survive, right? And he's dealing with pirates, so it's like you don't really have a lot of leeway here. Jacopo, Jacopo, and then he and he he doesn't kill him, and he he really befriends right these people. So he still has glimmers of hope that you see there. Well, he's a good person, that, right? He's a good person that was pushed over the edge by his best friend. You know what I mean? And was put in a terrible, awful, hellish situation. I mean, if any kind of revenge is justified, I mean, come on, bro. <laughs> you know, I feel it in this movie. And yeah, he's a wonderful human being. You know, I mean, even the fact that he, you know, he steps forward and does the toast for, you know, his, he didn't, it wasn't even his son. I mean, he didn't know it was his son. He believes that it's his best friend's son with his lover that, you know, she was quick to jump into this marriage, which he felt, you know, when he found out he was horrified by, but he didn't understand that she was trying to protect her good name and, uh, you know, provide some kind of life, I suppose, for herself or for her son. But here he is at the, at the birthday, he sees her distress. He still loves her. He still acts graciously and, um, you know, reluctantly steps forward and kind of interestingly or serendipitously does a toast for his own son. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I always, because you see his facial expressions of like disappointment and hurt um, when he, when, when the dad, or, or I can't even remember what his name, Edmond's friend is not there. Um, Ferdinand. Ferdinand isn't there to give the toast. Uh, but this time when I watched it, I kind of had the thought that popped in my head. I wonder if this is just part of his plan to really gain favor and with with the young man or with her mm-hmm. in part of his plan you know to deceive or to not deceive but to exact his resentment or revenge towards towards uh those was there three three i think or were there yeah, it was four Ferdinand and it was like the the judge guy who was i can't remember his name and then and it was the, the- Villefort, Villefort, who was the the exo, the exo or the second in charge on the, on the ship, that was resentment. And so I kind of had got promoted to the captain. Yeah, I had that thought when I was watching that. I was like, I wonder what his true intention is in this scene. And I felt like I, I internalized it it as as graciousness, as as a lingering love for her and because it was her son as much as it was Ferdinand's son um it was her son as well is how I interpret yeah that's how I always have interpreted and this time it just came across differently to me which I I thought Mm -hmm. was interesting um it is it's an interesting movie I mean for sure it it's hard for me because you get wrapped up into oh yeah they deserve these things but i i think that's just such a interesting and dangerous path to go down it's fun you know it's a movie and all but then i see it so often in real life where people Mm -hmm. are absorbed by this just dessert right it's it's like their their justice and you know needs to be enacted from the point of view that i have because I deserve that. They deserve that. Well, because of and, betrayal. I mean, when you've been betrayed and hurt in that way, 
you want to displace that you want somebody else, you know, especially if it really is the responsibility of someone else, someone else's actions, which in this story, I mean, his friend, the, the, the uh, second command in the ship and, and this judge, you know, well, really it's the judge in the moment, the judge, when he finds out that the guy that wants Napoleon's letter is his father, it's really the judge that sends him to hell. You know what I mean? Which is interesting, right? Because it's an unrighteous judgment to an innocent man, which he says, he's like, oh, you're no traitor. You know, you're a good man. You just ended up in a bad situation. Then he's like, well, what's the name of the guy? And it's like, he says, and I can't remember whatever it is, Clarion, I think it is Clarion. <laughs> and, he's like, and then he's like, oh, this is dangerous evidence. You know, we shouldn't let this fall in the wrong hands. And it's like, you know, it's all to protect himself, you know? And so it is like, I guess in the purest sense, it feels completely justifiable, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, when we as individuals try to take up justice out of revenge, you know, one, we're vexed with pain and suffering. So our, our, our powers of reason are completely compromised. And, and he even says like at the end, before he realizes that Cavill's his son, he's like, I will kill you to get to him. You know what I mean? Like, I, he was so full of of rage and and uh, and revenge that he would kill innocents. I mean, his son and Ferdinand's son is is innocent, mm-hmm. you know, but he he wanted what he wanted. He wanted his revenge. He wanted justice because he had lost faith that God would provide justice, you know, that 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 the universe or if you're a religious person, you know, as you and I both are, we trust that. I've got to take responsibility for myself. I can't exact justice on others because I'm compromised in my ability to do so, or my, my eyes are compromised. So I better not do it because I'm just going to do more damage than good. I mean, that's the path of wisdom is that, you know, in that rage, in that compromise, compromise state, you can't think clearly and none of us have any business. You know, that's why we have court systems because, you know, we don't have any business. We're not objective because we're hurt, you know, and there could be other facts and factors, you know, that weigh in. I mean, in this case, it doesn't seem like it is. I mean, it seems pretty justifiable, but, um, you know, and, and yeah, so, so yeah, it's, it's a really, it's not good. I mean, from a therapeutic standpoint, um, living from acting out of and trying to exact justice or revenge, uh, is not going to work out. You're going to hurt innocent people and you're going to probably overdo it, you know? Yeah. And those that I've worked with who have enacted some type of revenge, it's it's interesting because they're meeting with me still. And this Mm -hmm. is after, after they've done what they thought they needed to do. And, and it it doesn't heal the pain and the hurt. And, and I think that's, what's really interesting. I think for me, to watch this movie. I mean, it's an awesome movie. It's really fun, right? Because it's a movie, (laughs) but, but, you know, in real life, it's kind of tough for me to, at times to watch this movie because, you know, the, you know, you can see the pain in him, but, but the, the resolution, what we don't see is how is he after all of this? I mean, after he, um, yeah, we well, don't see it the seems after. like we just it seems see... like yeah, like he's just at uh he's just at the jail, like he bought the jail and he's with his family. I mean, I think it's a nice I mean the movie ends in a nice way where 
you know, he's like honoring the priest. He's like, well, the priest gave me this gift. You know, I misused it. Um, but I'm going to use every ounce of resource yeah. I have to do. Yeah, good. but we don't you know, see like, what he does. Yeah, like we, we don't, don't see, we don't see how his he personal is. We don't see. Yeah, we don't see what he's like the day to day. We don't see how much right. anger boils up in him right. from time to time when someone does something little. We don't right. see. Right. You know, we see the Hollywood ending. <laughs> right. For sure. You know, and so it's it's an interesting thing because it's like, oh, that's awesome and exciting, exciting movie. But then, you know, I think I think that it plays into this this rhetoric that I see so often of, you know, that person deserves this and I'm not going to be okay until they have it. Yeah. And that's kind of the essence this movie gives, which right. which is fun, you know, in a movie sense, it's vindicating. You're like, oh, that's awesome. But then in real life, it's not that simple by any means no. right and no and i don't so think what is the path to healing right what is the path to to finding healing and and being able to move forward and have peace in your life and and that's a loaded question of course but it's something you know i think that i often think about in movies like the probably not during the movie because i'm just excited i'm like oh this is awesome yeah, you're living yeah with the but afterwards i kind of think oh man, oh, man i wonder <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's absolutely true i mean i absolutely i mean it is you can take it to the bank in my 15 years of therapeutic experiences that individuals that are racked with revenge or um or people that have exacted revenge you know yeah. when i early in my career i worked um in north philadelphia and i worked at an agency and i ran the anger management groups <clears throat> and there were many um, that were court. I mean, it was all court ordered. Um, yeah, you know, I had easily, you know, an average of eight to thirteen guys in there constantly, because we were one of the few programs around that had a, a certified anger management group. And a, a lot of those guys had um, exacted ju justice. You know, the, the one case that I really remember was a guy who caught his wife um, in a you know sexual relationship with like walked in on a sexual relationship and he almost beat the guy to death yeah and uh you know initially you know he felt kind of bravado around like you know what he had done to this guy and it's like dude like but then as the group went on and um and i had a really good vibe going with these guys really emotionally opening up I'm, i was really good i'm really good at getting to the heart of tough guys like i get it like i understand the anger and i'm able to cut through it with love and uh and this guy like wept you know it was a big black guy and he wept and he was you know and he got to a place where he's like yeah you know this is really my wife's fault this guy might have not even known that was me he, he was married i'm sorry she was married you know it might have just been like a bar hookup or something like that and you know like people got almost to death you know and he felt or he felt absolutely horrendously horribly felt like a you know like a terrible person because you know this guy just was uh a projection of his rage i mean it's just a place that his rage went you know what i mean which is which is what revenge is right it's just like this place that our hurt gets dumped onto mm -hmm. you know our pain and suffering because what that's what we want we want it to go somewhere it needs it needs some place to go but in so doing like and i think it says that somewhere in the movie right like the priest maybe said don't become 
guilty of what you've been falsely accused yeah of. there's some great one-liners oh, throughout the movie yeah. I, but yeah that was a really powerful thing i think he said it after he was uh, crushed right and and he had pulled him out and and he was telling him about the map yeah. and then he's like don't use this yeah, yeah or use yeah, it for yeah. good and he's like no yeah. i'll use it for yeah revenge. well that's so well it's so cool how again i think how uh, honest uh, he and, is yeah. yeah how like how incredibly noble of a character he's like no i won't he's like i won't do it i won't i'll use it for bad i'll use it for revenge you know what i mean i also thought it was really interesting of all the things of ferdinand was he was honest you know what i mean like he was honest and i mean after like he puts the sword through that guy's you know heart or whatever well and, even at the end when when yeah. his current wife uh uh, uh mercedes is saying mm -hmm. saying to him it's not your son or he's not your son and it, his first response is premature like i think it's yeah. so yeah it's so yeah. funny and he's just so forthright he's like i don't yeah, care if people really know is. what i'm doing yeah. but here it yeah, is right. like that yeah, was right. premature now i'm gonna go and <laughs> yeah yeah go and take my revenge order it's really interesting um or i what i really love probably my favorite part of the movie is when um edmond and Yakovet or, or what, how, whatever his name is, his his friend, his his real friend, true friend, is in the carriage with him, mm. and it's after Yakovet mm. had had let the yeah the, with the Mercedes girl, in Mercedes come yeah. in, and then he sends her away because he's like, you jumped into a like you didn't love me because a month after I was gone, you didn't know anything because he doesn't know at that point that she got a letter that he was dead, and of course he doesn't know that she was pregnant and that she was trying yeah. to save face. You know what I mean? I think he may have known that she knew he or that she was told he was dead, <gasps> but I don't. But she oh, he she didn't know for sure that he she was, was uh, that she was pregnant. Yeah. But yeah. It's really interesting because in that scene, that's probably my favorite scene when him and I don't Jacopo. know, Jacopo are in oh, the carriage together and Jacopo gives them this, this look, this store, this a speech of, Hey, mm. I, I'm your friend and I will protect you even if it's from yourself. Mm. And I think, oh man, oh, good. what so an opportunity good. to open well, just, what your a cool heart and mind like to... Yeah, it's and Yakova is just such a cool character, you know. He's this guy that is a pirate. I love that it's like this ruffian, you know. He's spared death, and he and he's true in his oath. You know, he's like true in his oath. I will be your man forever. He says, like in the sand. Well, and it makes me really yeah. wonder what has he been through that mm. he has this lens to see into what uh, is going on here and how damaging <laughs> and 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 really. Uh, painful the yeah. the path forward is yeah. for, I, for i love i love the scene with yakovo when they <laughs> when they find the gold or the treasure or whatever and he's all like you're the richest person i've ever heard of and he's like what are we gonna do and he's all like and he's like plotting revenge he's like all right it's like bing bam he's like go easy down. i'll yeah, kill like, them no, all bro, and then we'll go tomorrow down. i'll we'll run do down this. i'll kill them and then and then we'll live our lives like kings or whatever it's like he's just so like let's do it i got your back is that what we're doing okay cool i'm in let's go but well, then, i think like, that's really his first eye-opening experience right because because that's when he says well death isn't 
isn't uh, uh enough for them or something right he yeah wants, yeah he yeah wants he wants revenge. them to he wants them to to lose everything like he did like he wants them to experience the pain that he did but well, yeah i love because i i i know enough about the books to know that this is years mm-hmm. of time that passes yeah. where he's planning like he's yeah. free after how many years was it 11 12 12, 12, 12 years 12, 12, 12 years, years in hell and mm-hmm. he's free and he has money to be able to go to do anywhere whatever he wants and the girl and wants him spends She'll years run. plotting yeah yeah it doesn't, it, that doesn't come through in the movie in the movie it comes through like in a couple months you know yeah but, yeah they really they yeah. they really shortened it but but yeah i do know that about the books that it's just years and it's just crazy to think holy cow he's already lost 12 years to this hell and yet he's taking years more. Well, oh, I guess they do kind of because the boy is 15. So if you think about it, I mean, he did 12 years in prison. So it, it I mean, timeline wise. Yeah. So it would have been a few years. Yeah. They represent the three ish years or whatever it would have been. But yeah, I, I'm with you. That scene with Jacopo where he's all like, take the money, take the girl yeah. and live your life you know is great and he's like i didn't ask for your opinion or counsel and he's like hey man i'm your man i'll protect you from you and it's interesting too because um edmond doesn't reject that i mean he gets out and goes for a walk but he does but it's like but he does need it and he does value Jacopo. i mean he could have cut Jacopo off at that point i suppose as well but um but again i i love edmond as a character you know he seems so good i mean he's so good and altruistic at the beginning of the movie um and so i believe his change at the end of the movie but yeah yeah that that integrity and honesty and and really who he is in the beginning of the movie i think that's what's a little soul crushing because you get this excitement experience in the prison where he he learns to read he learns to fight but when he comes out he figures out what happened anymore yeah well he's he's been you know you know he he is you know it's it's hard because you see, even in prison, you still see these flashes of this old Edmund, and then he learns and grows, and he becomes he becomes more in such a an, a horrible environment, and he he has this friend that's there with him, you know, and yet, you know, then he well, well just, and I guess you know technically, he killed the the head jailer, and and maybe it was yeah. that that kind of started him down this this path of no return like maybe if he wouldn't have done that maybe it would have been different i don't know but but it's really sad to see he just is empty like he's empty and he the the actor jim cavell or whatever it really does i mean he's an awesome actor like he's great he's so good yeah it's well and and i think it's the reality of a truly tormenting dark descending experience that it like screws you up like i mean you become a wounded soul through traumatic events especially i mean honestly therapeutically speaking i mean abuse i mean i've seen some pretty horrendous abusive situations but seeing spouses betrayed by a, you know betrayed by an affair mm-hmm. where they really believed that they had a certain kind of relationship and then yeah. to, come, to discover later is some of the most soul crushing like existential breaking 
things I've seen happen. You know, I mean, parents. And it's even more so when the, the couple is still together and the betraying spouse can't see or understand why there's pain. And right. You can or see yeah, it's that trying to it, minimize that it. That is really, really tough to deal yeah, with in session. It, 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 it won't kills. validate it. Yeah. Like, I feel like. I I feel like probably how the spouse that's been betrayed looks, you know, it's so, so hard hard. and soul crushing to see that. And, and to come out of that is really, it's hard, really really hard. hard. Well, and, and the thing that's always evident to me of the offending spouse that won't um, empathize with the betrayed spouse that they're walled up because of their shame. Yeah. And my heart goes out to them too in that thing. I mean, they're yeah. the guilty party, but they feel so trash. Like they feel like, you know, like, you know, for better lack of a better word, they feel like trash because they know that they've acted betrayingly. And because they're not connecting with that. Well, the shame prevents themselves. them from being able to just be there for their spouse. And that's yes. what their spouse needs. Yep. Is just. Heal. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they need the validation of like that you get it. Yeah. And that you see the pain, you connect with the pain. So you won't do that to me. Yeah. Again. But like the shame prevents thing. it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it really makes me wonder for uh, Ferdinand. Is that the friend's name? Yeah. Ferd- Guy, Guy Pierce. Yeah. The Guy Pierce character. It really makes me wonder what has gone on in this man's life to where I wondered that too. Is. Yeah, he the is the person he is. Well, he's happy for his father to be killed by this other guy and to kill another man's father. Yeah. Isn't that, I mean, that's intense. That's dark. That's and this dark. is after, you know, he puts, he puts this man, which, you know, I, I, I think that was probably as close to a friend as he probably could. Well, the get. other thing, the other thing that's telltale of that, that's heartbreaking is, when he hands him the chess piece and he's like, to remember better days. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, cause it's like, yeah, there was a connection there. You were my friend and I- I'm betraying you, but like we had something, you know what I mean? We had something that was real. We had something that was important, you know? Well, and I, I think that's, you know, I think it goes back to, like you said, the resentment or, or, or the really the revenge. I feel like, I feel like, <laughs> For me, it's revenge, you know, for for Ferdinand against um, Edmond. And then Edmond, like it just creates this cycle. Right? Well, one of the things he says, it, I mean, it doesn't I mean, end. Edmond, or sorry, Ferdinand, Until death, feels, I guess. Ferdinand feels betrayed because he's like, you kept secrets, mm-hmm. you know. You got secrets and, and which is like a really thin, cause it's like, dude, it's Napoleon. He said it was a Well, that was letter. just the icing on the cake, right? right? The real, the real betrayal or the, the real thing that he wanted revenge for was that, um, uh, Edmond is happy mm-hmm. with himself, with his life. Yeah. And he's not, but he feels he deserves, right? It's always about just desserts. He, he feels that he deserves that and more because of his birthright. Right. And so, you know, that entitlement, which is another. So I think he feels like, I think he feels like Edmond has robbed him of that. And he has this continuous motive of revenging or that, right because yeah. of his station, and, you know, it's a lesser person. I can do whatever. And it's such an interesting thing because, because if 
if Edmund could just open his eyes a little bit and, and just see what's gone on with Ferdinand in his revenge and the aftermath of that, he would see that no peace comes from that. He mm-hmm. didn't have like you see yeah. his life. Yeah. Yeah. His life is destroyed. And yet oh, yeah. he enacted well, then, the thing he wanted so greatly, which was to get yeah. rid of of Edmond and take what was his. And he did all right. that. He got yeah. rid of him, took it all, and yet look at his life. He's yeah. bankrupt. He's yeah. cheating on his wife. His wife, his wife doesn't love him. He doesn't his care kid, about his son. Yeah, his kid idolizes him, but there's not connection. No. And so if Edmond could just open so I I like that was really interesting to me in the movie because I feel like you have this example right in front of you, Edmund, but the yeah, revenge blinds. Yeah, yeah. Revenge absolutely blinds to truth. Well, that's the resentment. You know, the resentment is I'm in so much pain. Yeah. I want there to be suffering and I don't care. I want like the existence of being to be like, I'm mad at being, I'm mad that I even exist to experience this pain. So I'm going to destroy that. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's why people shoot, you know, up innocent people at schools. I mean, and they're just, they're, they're distressed, crippled and sad people. I mean, they're vexed people. Not that that's justifiable, of course, in any means whatsoever, but they are vexed, tortured individuals, you know what I mean? That are so full of hurt and hate, you know, I mean, the, the, the Texas one is so tragic, you know, I mean, it's just awful. Well, they're all tragic. And and that's the thing. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, You know, oftentimes uh, when I'm working with, with clients who are so stuck on, um, this needs to happen for me to feel better, right? I need yeah. this to happen to this nope. person or to that person nope. for me to feel better. And, and ultimately, ultimately, you know, I, I try to get them to see that, hey, you're torturing yourself at this point. And think about Edmund, you know, he gets freedom and then he spends years plotting this. He's just torturing just in, himself. Yeah, he's robbing himself of and life. He's allowing... In that process, he's allowing the really the um, re- the the revenge or the the persecution of those that hurt him to continue. Like mm-hmm. he's allowing the power there, and and I think that's what's so interesting about revenge is really revenge only hurts yourself. It really does. It really and, does, and it keeps you stuck in that. Prison. You're hurting in it. You're hurt by what you do because you usually violate your own sense of moral standard. You know, you do something you wouldn't normally do. Well, and the hardest part is, is really the freedom, the healing, the real revenge, quote unquote, is to let go. And that is really hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you let go? Well, the thing, the thing that's, the thing that's so paradoxical is you want revenge on a person that hurts you or you're traumatized and stuck in a trauma of somebody hurting you. And the thing is, is like, yeah, that's like, that's a prison. Like you're allowing that person to continue to vex you five years later, 10 years later. And oftentimes, you know, what I try to do. well, Well, better way to say it, sorry, is they're still abusing you. Yeah. Right. Cause if you relive the abuse, 
through. I mean, in very layman triggers. terms, they're still winning. <laughs> if it's yes. a win and a lose situation, they're still yes, winning. They are. Um, I mean, if you want to look at, I don't, I don't love that lens, but I know. Yeah, no. absolutely. And, but that's what they're thinking mm -hmm. is I've been hurt. I've lost. I so want to win. win. Right. Right. I want, well, revenge. Yeah. I right. want to be and, more and, powerful, to cause more pain. Yeah, and it and it's the problem is it's, there isn't it isn't a win lose situation. Well, it's, it's, it's a lose lose unless we yeah. let go. Well, it's interesting how powerful our consciences are as humans that we really cannot feel good in causing suffering. Yeah, we can justify it. You know, we all will to the degree that we know we've caused pain. We'll justify it, but the reality is the human conscience can't have peace knowing that we're the object of pain in other yeah. people's lives. I mean, unless you have antisocial personality sure. disorder, right? right? And you just right, you right. don't have yeah, the capability. Yeah. Right. But, but that's far and few between. Right. And it is really interesting that point that, you know, we, there is a conscience there that's present. Um, and, and we can definitely, uh, you know, experience trauma to where it's harder to feel. And, and we aren't antisocial. We just have had We're just traumatic hurt. experience and you know, yeah. pain that, that, pain. that really interesting the weight that pain causes, Yeah, you know, and the thing that it does, right. And how it complicates and stresses and how we need for it to make sense or we need to, we have to do something with it, right. We have to make sense of it. We have to, well, and use the way it in a way to move forward or it. And I think it, the way to let go of the pain. So when we see someone we care about in pain, we want to take the pain away. And so our, our immediate, um, our immediate like movement is to give them, give the person answers or give the person solutions or tell them, no, you're not this or no, that that was horrible. Or, How soothe, or try yeah. to soothe like we see where really what we need to do is just be with them. Hey, I'm here. Mourn I want to understand more with tell those me that more share with me. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we just need, we don't need to fix anything. We just need to sit with, and Which I just hard that because then we have to allow ourselves to descend into that pain with them. Well, know? not only that, we have to deal with our own pain of mm -hmm. seeing the person we care about mm -hmm. in pain, which can be or torture in of or itself. A, right. Or it touches some part of our own personal pain. It does. Yeah. yeah. You know, because we've got to relate to it through our own painful experiences. And that's what know? I oftentimes will do with, with clients is, you know, I'll, I'll sit with them and, and try to, to just be with them as they, they share. But ultimately what I want to do is I want to get down to what, what is the story that your mind has made about you regarding right. this situation right. because that's where the the that's where the, like, the revenge is coming well, the, from right is, the reprogramming or the processing needs to come yes. that straight right so which is bringing what, out that primary emotion right bringing yeah. that primary emotion to the surface and then helping the person to see and understand why that story was created and then the healing process of them well, rewriting that story can happen and i think that's where you let go Right. Well, and it brings up for me, which, oh, I'm going to have to manage my emotions. Well, it brings up for me the Kaladin story that Sanderson brilliantly portrays as he remembers his brother, you know, staying with the other squire and Kaladin's like talking to him like, well, why did you go? You know, and he's like, yeah. well, he was scared. 
So yeah. I was just going to be with him. Like, it's so tender and it's, and that's what it is, right? Like, that's what we need. Like we need to know in our darkest moment that someone would be right there. Yeah. We're us. not alone. We're not alone. Like well, that's what, that's how we're, that's how we're physiologically and physio psychologically organized that we need. Like it's, it's this primal thing that, like when we come out of the womb, out of this distressing that we just have care and warmth and, and security and, and love and comfort. You know, well, I like could only guess thing. for like Edmund, you know, I could only guess that in his confusion and in his betrayal um, of, you know, where he was betrayed by his, his dear, what he thought was his dear friend. Mm-hmm. And he, he, you know, in, in this innocence, in this betrayal, I could only guess that through that time of being alone, right? He's not just emotionally alone. He's physically alone in this gel that his mind beat. created a story. Yeah. That his mm-hmm. mind created the story of I'm, you know, this is deep down. I'm bad. Mm -hmm. I'm inadequate. I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. And it's that that fuels the Mm -hmm. hate, fuels Mm -hmm. the resentment, fuels Mm -hmm. the, the need. And, and so, yeah, just like with, well, and he surrendered God, he surrendered God. Like he gave up God, he gave up on God. Yeah. You know, know, after so many years, it'd be tough. And he's like, you know, he's like, you don't, he's like, priest, don't talk to me about God. He's like, cause I don't know what year it was that he finally met the priest, you know, but at that point, it was like five or six years in, it seemed like, like yeah. yeah. Like, you know, he's like, don't talk to me about God. And was really, you know, kind of calloused and yeah. uh, at that point, right? Which it's so cool that it's a priest, you know, a priest that that is helping him out of freedom, right? It's a yeah. really cool symbol that you've got this other priest who's descended into darkness with him. And they're working together to escape and the priest dies. Mm-hmm. And the priest hands him knowledge and hands him gifts like in this dark place, which is, you know, it's symbolically the thing that we learn when we are descended into suffering. We do gain treasure. We do gain knowledge. We do become mature or wise or well, we the, the gift of resilience, right? Where we yeah. learn that we can do hard things Mm-hmm. And we're strong enough to make it and, through. and have companionship. You know, he had a wonderful companionship with the priest, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, a, it's a cool friendship that, that. Well, and that's where you, you can see hints of, of, uh, you know, maybe healing happen. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it's, you a, know, it's an important that metaphor in, that he's got yeah. somebody with him in that dark place. You know, he's not, yeah. he's utterly alone for a period of time. Well, and it's the same with Kaladin, right? Because there's so much isolation, so much hurt, so much aloneness. You know, he loses his brother, he's lost his parents. There's so much al- aloneness. Yeah. And then that shame builds. And it's not, healing doesn't really happen until he has the bridge crew. Because then oh, gosh, there's yeah. connection building, right? And which again, and so it's the same Sanderson, with... dude, you freaking genius, dude. Like, I mean, a pot of stew. Yeah, like, that's the that's the secret sauce. Is a freaking and it's totally true. It's meal time. It's camaderie. People share. You know what I mean? It's just well, and it's really interesting. I wonder if Sanderson oh, cool. knows. Like, I, I I wonder how much he knows yeah. about different aspects of mental health because it. I mean, 
you could read a lot into it. You know, I, there's a lot there that would make me think he knows a lot, but you know. yeah, if it's intuitive, it's, if it's, yeah. del, it's if it's, if it was just intuitive and he just wrote it or if yeah. it was like strategic either way, it's freaking a mat. It's a mass dude. It's it a masterpiece. Is. It's a freaking masterpiece. I mean, it's, it's so I could listen to it a hundred thousand times. Like it's so, and I can learn some different nuance and have some different insight every single time it's a masterpiece dude i mean to 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 put it together like that to understand how intuitively human that is and to to symbolically portray it in an archetype in so many different archetypes yeah you know what i mean i mean the characters i love so much i love dalinar i love kaladin i love i'm forgetting dalinar's son's name that kaladin becomes you know, reluctant friends with, you know what I mean? I, the female characters are incredibly interesting. Name either. Yeah. uh, Adolin. Adolin. Adolin, Yeah. Yeah. I love the friendship and Adolin's like when Adolin goes with uh, what's her bucket, the DID girl, um, his wife. Yeah. Shalon is his wife. Like, um, you know, he, he even, you know, is like, well, yeah, Adolin's not around to kind of pull me out of this. Like, it was so cool that Adolin is such an altruistic character because of his mom. And like, and, 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 uh, and he builds that so well into the story. Like, it's, you know, I mean, because of the complexity of Dalinar having a soul, but then, you know, having this mom that, you know, was so inclined to peace and love and connection. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's a masterpiece, man. But well, yeah, it's it's such a cool thing to appreciate and connect to this story. So an interesting, you know, thing as I was watching this, it made me think of um, Gladiator, which is another movie where you know this injustice has happened, right? And it, but it's a it's a different story. It's almost like a story of survival slash revenge and i started thinking about other movies and that's you know i was talking to you about les mis also and and this is a story you know um, and and it's really interesting yeah there's so many different aspects of of revenge and 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 really different ways to handle it and I, i i love count of monte cristo um it's such a fun movie to it's watch because you get you that get the revenge piece. Well, you right? get to <laughs> you get to be a part of him putting it together yeah, and yeah. watching it play out and watching them like you know just you know he makes them dance right into his hands. And I think if I wasn't in the field I was in, I think I probably wouldn't think so much about this movie. But the mm-hmm. fact that I feel like it's day in, day out dealing with Shame. this pain and this hurt, right? And yeah, and real. the desire to have, um, really to have revenge exacted or just uh, this idea of fear, fairness, right? And in life, which, oh man. Well, and triumph, tough, right? Because yeah. he really does. Be, I mean, he gains what is articulated as like an infinite treasure i know know. i couldn't even imagine no right like because i was like i'm horrified by like well you're gonna give him the whole carriage of 
gold for that well piece Jacopo of like, was like there's eight more boatloads or something or yeah something there, crazy. it had to have been like a trillion dollars or something yeah something insane. crazy yeah it's like it's just well it's an infinite treasure which is a really important symbolic um point of of what you gain through dissension you know what i mean like it's you I mean there is a treasure well isn't found. it it's really cool that he gained that treasure through his friendship not through revenge he yes. almost lost priest, it through revenge right yes yeah. he almost it's, lost yeah. everything through revenge he almost yeah. died and he yeah. om- and not only him he almost lost the, his, the wife. Love of his wife or, yes yeah the love he of his almost life and his son lost his yeah. son and yeah. yet he had this treasure through a friendship yes and two, and he didn't need yeah, he didn't. Yeah, that's true. Because Jacopo had to help him. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I this is one part of the movie where I'm like, how did they get these chests full of gold that have to weigh hundreds of pounds yeah, like off the, the bottom of the ocean yeah, floor up to fine. the boat? Movie magic. <laughs> sorry, it's a little bit of movie magic. Here, what? So well, the, and then there was too many in their little skiff. Like they had too many of them. Oh yeah, that. I was like, there's like, no uh, way they're getting that boat uh, back. Yeah, but it's cool. awesome, right? It's great. Yeah, it's still cool. It's a great movie. It's such a fun watch. And I agree with you. It's one that you could just watch over and over. I have I've watched it so many times. Such a good the characters such, are so the satisfying. Actors, they just get they do a great job of casting. My goodness, they have such good yeah. Actors. I mean, I mean, Guy Pierce is so oh, he's a convincing. marvelous bad guy. Like so holy convincing. Cow. and Jim Cavill or whatever is an awesome uh like he Redemptive plays character. that innocence the then coming out of innocence i'm really so excited well. to see jim and albus doing... dumbledore yeah of course not forget the uh the wise i always love movies that have he's awesome but yeah what were you gonna say about a... jim uh sorry let me finish one thought and i'll just do it so i always love movies that have the mentor of course you know mm-hmm. um jim is doing uh the real life story of the guy that has the, the oh you were saying that the underground yeah, railroad yeah, the underground railroad to save kids from sex trafficking it's supposed to be i think in production i haven't looked it up i can't remember but i saw an interview with tim ballard that's interesting because i think wasn't jim for a number of years wasn't he on one of the like ncis shows i think he was, was on he? yeah I remember that. I which remember. i wonder if that kind of sparked his interest because i know some of those i've not watched a lot of those shows but i know oh my gosh nicola has shows. watched all of them multiple has she times. yeah she he's on he scrumptious. was on i think like four or five years he was on to ask her one of those shows I don't know which one it because there's a bunch of them, right? The, there's yeah, all there's types of like that genre. I feel like there's just so much, yeah. uh, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it was a good one. And it just, I don't know, Great there's show. a lot of powerful thoughts. show, a lot of, a lot of weight, a lot of loss, a lot of hit you in the heart kind of stuff going I on. I just wish, I just wish it could end that way <laughs> where you're, you have treasure upon treasure, right? He has, the money treasure but then he has the the wife and the son i mean what grand treasures to have friends yeah. friendship and uh loves. a woman that a mm-hmm. woman that's just devoted and starry-eyed with you i wonder whatever happened to Jacopo. do you think he just stayed with them yeah dude friendship man they're bros yeah, yeah. i love yeah Jacopo is i i really love uh his presentation and bing bang we're good (laughs) just like he's in like he cares more about the friendship above so wise like he he 
presents this wisdom that is filled at the death of of the priest, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's such an interesting juxtaposition of this wisdom because it's coming from this man who is this pirate scoundrel that was trying to steal from the pirates and he was going to die. <laughs> and they're yeah, like, man. no, no, we it was have... just a mistake. But, we they, well, but it's cool too, but they talk about how the men, he's like, but the men like Jacopo. Yeah, yeah so they want like, him to you know, live. He was a favored guy. You know, he's like yep. a nice guy. So. <laughs> Which he was. He's like a warm-hearted guy. (laughs) And it's amazing that with all these treasures, he's loyal, right? He's loyal. He stands true to his word. Because it's like, yeah, I could have taken a box of gold and got out of Dodge or whatever. But yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it's very cool that he that he has that. uh, There's just so many aspects. I feel like you could talk about different aspects of this movie in different podcasts because it. It's just, well, yeah, it's, it's just, just like the movies. book. It's just like yeah. uh, the the um, Stormlight Archive, right? Brandon Sanderson's books. You could talk about different, and that's why it's hard. Well, that's for when us. you know we're doing characters, a... right? Because it's yeah. hard to just talk about the book. There's so, right. I and mean, well, we're talking about four books. <laughs> that's when you know you've got a great story when it just yeah. hits you on so many levels and it gets you thinking and considering and it affects you in a way. You know, I think this movie definitely affected me in a way when I saw it and realized like, yeah, I mean, it, it does such a great job of helping you see that resentment and revenge is a place of pain, you know, it's yeah. a place of pain. It's, it's a great movie to see that, you know, and then to discover what matters, you know, love and friendship. And I think one part that was probably the hardest is when he gets the magistrate guy, mm-hmm. he frames them and then he, he gets put into the car and there's the gun there. And, oh, yeah, and the I, cart. Yeah, like, the cart yeah. thing. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. that's awesome. Like, Edmond, even though he wants revenge, at least has a shred of decency. Of an out. And then yeah. it's like, no. And then it's no. <laughs> that part, like, I get Sick. people, like, love that. But the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, that yeah. truly is. Yeah, yeah that's the suffer. It's like you're going, yeah. dude. You're going to shadow. Yeah, deep. that's like deep. you're gonna go. That's you're gonna deep. go. <laughs> you're gonna go where I spent. You sent me there. Yeah. Well, and in the purest sense of justice, it's what he he deserves to go to shadow deep. I mean, he deserves to go to the same hell he sent an innocent man to. You know. Yeah. I mean, I mean if you're you know? yeah going for eye for an eye, but yeah. it it is yeah it, it is interesting. It, it's just it's tough. And and the hard thing is, and this is kind of where I come from, oftentimes with the bad guy characters, it's like, you just, I don't know what's going on with that bad guy. Mm-hmm. What, what is, what are the motives? What's driving that? You know, at the face of it, you see he wants power, but what's gotten him to that point where power matters more than things that really bring happiness in your life? Because power doesn't. Well, I mean, it's such an interesting well, yeah ferdinand i mean it's articulated well by mercedes early on she's like you know i'm not going to be your whistle mm-hmm. you know which is like such an insightful point you know it's such an insightful thing for her to have to realize that he's not really capable of love he just he is so entitled. so he's already they're already in their own torture yeah you know he's i mean if you're so seeking entitled. power and that's what you think is going to bring you happiness well, you're in just, your own torture yeah you're just trying to get to the next you're just trying to get to the next moment right it's and not- it it makes me wonder what's going on there and so that's why it's hard for me to say 
you know, in true sense of justice, he should go. Cause in, in my mind, it's like, well, he might already be in hell. Well, I mean, it's definitely a, a form. I mean, when he's had his dad killed, with, right? To be racked, yeah. I mean, to be racked <laughs> with resentment is a hell. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. like, that's the whole thing. We know. And whenever I have a client come in that, that manifests or articulates resentment to any degree, I say, Hey, listen, listen. I said, the thing you need to understand that emotion, which is real and understandable, you've got to rid yourself of it. You mm-hmm. do not want to have a bucket or a well in your soul. That's, that's just, yeah like it will destroy you and it will push you to do awful things yeah because it's just a hole it's not even a bucket it's not even a well it's just a never-ending hole yeah you can't fill it so you do i'm like like i'll spend time to understand we'll get through Mm -hmm. i'm like you've got whatever it takes for you and i'll say i'm like you know we've got a course that we can take that i think will help but whatever it takes you cannot allow yourself to keep that thing and keep pouring things yeah because it will destroy you it will eat you alive you know it is the it is the pathway to the darkest places humans can go so get rid of it right away let's get on it you know yeah good so all right my brother thanks everyone it was fun all right catch you on the next one adios